Section 5 of The Lady of the Lake. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. The Lady of the Lake by Sir Walter Scott. Canto Fifth The Combat. One. Fair as the earliest beam of eastern light, when first by the bewildered pilgrim spied, it smiles upon the dreary brow of night and silvers o'er the torrent's foaming tide and lights the fearful path on mountain side. Fair as that beam, although the fairest far, giving to horror grace to danger pride, shine martial faith and courtesy's bright star through all the wreckful storms that cloud the brow of war. Two. That early beam so fair and sheen was twinkling through the hazel screen when rousing at its glimmer red the warriors left their lowly bed looked out upon the dappled sky muttered their soldier matins try and then awaked their fire to steal as short and rude their soldier meal that o'er the gale around him threw his graceful plaid of varied hue and true to promise led the way by thicket green and mountain gray a wildering path they winded now along the precipice's brow commanding the rich scenes beneath the windings of the forth and teeth and all the vales between that lie till stirling's turrets melt in sky then sunken copse their farthest glance gained not the length of horseman's lance Twas oft so steep the foot was as fain assistance from the hand to gain so tangled oft that bursting through each hawthorn shed her showers of dew that diamond dew so pure and clear it rivals all but beauty's tear three at length they came where stern and steep the hill sinks down upon the deep here benachar in silver flows there ridge on ridge benledi rose ever the hollow path twined on beneath steep hank and threatening stone a hundred men might hold the post with hardihood against a host the rugged mountain's scanty cloak was dwarfish shrubs of birch and oak with shingles bare and cliffs between and patches bright of bracken green and heather black that waved so high it held the copse in rivalry but where the lake slept deep and still dank osiers fringed the swamp and hill and oft both path and hill were torn where wintry torrent down had borne and heaped upon the cumbered land its wreck of gravel rocks and sand so toilsome was the road to trace the guide abating of his pace led slowly through the passes jaws 
and asked Fitzjames by what strange cause he sought these wilds, traversed by few, without a pass from Roderick Dhu. 4. Brave Gale, my pass, in danger tried, hangs in my belt and by my side, yet sooth to tell, the Saxon said, I dreamt not now to claim its aid, when here but three days since I came, bewildered in pursuit of game, all seemed as peaceful and as still as the mist slumbering on yon hill. Thy dangerous chief was then afar, nor soon expected back from war. Thus said, at least, my mountain guide, though deep perchance the villain lied. Yet why a second venture try? A warrior thou, and ask me why? Moves our free course by such fixed cause as gives the poor mechanic laws? Enough I sought to drive away the lazy hours of peaceful day. Slight cause will then suffice to guide a knight's free footsteps far and wide. A falcon flown, a greyhound strayed, the merry glance of mountain maid, or if a path be dangerous known, the danger's self is lure alone. 5. Thy secret keep I urge thee not, yet ere again ye sought this spot, say, heard ye not of lowland war against Clan Alpin raised by Mar? No, by my word, of bands prepared to guard King James's sports I heard, nor doubt I ought, but when they hear this muster of the mountaineer, their pennons will abroad be flung, which else in Dune had peaceful hung. Free be they flung, for we were loath their silken folds should feast the moth. Free be they flung, as free shall wave Clan Alpin's pine in banner brave. But, stranger, peaceful since you came, bewildered in the mountain game, whence the bold boast by which you show Vichalpin's vowed and mortal foe. Warrior, but yestermorn I knew naught of thy chieftain, Roderick Dhu, save, as an outlawed, desperate man, the chief of a rebellious clan, who, in the regent's court and sight, with ruffian dagger stabbed a knight. Yet this alone might, from his part, sever each true and loyal heart. 6. Wrathful at such arraignment foul, dark lowered the clansman's sable scowl. A space he paused, then sternly said, And heardst thou why he drew his blade? Heardst thou that shameful word and blow brought Roderick's vengeance on his foe? What wrecked the chieftain if he stood on highland heath or holy rood? He writes such wrong where it is given, if it were in the court of heaven. Still was it outrage, yet tis true, not then claimed sovereignty his due, while Albany with feeble hand held borrowed truncheon of command, the young king, mewed in sterling tower, was stranger to respect and power. But then thy chieftain's robber life, winning mean prey by causeless strife, 
wrenching from ruined lowland swain his herds and harvest reared in vain methinks a soul like thine should scorn the spoils from such foul foray born seven the gale beheld him grim the while and answered with disdainful smile saxon from yonder mountain high i marked thee send delighted eye far to the south and east where lay extended in succession gay deep waving fields and pastures green with gentle slopes and groves between these fertile plains that softened vale were once the birthright of the gale the stranger came with iron hand and from our fathers reft the land where dwell we now see rudely swell crag over crag and fell or fell ask we this savage hill we tread for fattened steer or household bread ask we for flocks these shingles dry and well the mountain might reply to you as to your sires of yore belong the target and claymore i give you shelter in my breast your own good blades must win the rest pent in this fortress of the north think'st thou we will not sally forth to spoil the spoiler as we may and from the robber rend the prey i by my soul while on yon plain the saxon rears one shock of grain while of ten thousand herds there strays but one along yon river's maze the gale of plain and river air shall with strong hand redeem his share where live the mountain chiefs who hold that plundering lowland field and fold is aught but retribution true seek other cause gainst roderick dhu eight answered fitz james and if i sought think'st thou no other could be brought what deem ye of my path waylaid my life given o'er to ambuscade as of a mead to rashness due hadst thou sent warning fair and true i seek my hound or falcon strayed i seek good faith a highland maid free hadst thou been to come and go but secret path marks secret foe nor yet for this even as a spy hadst thou unheard been doomed to die save to fulfil an augury well let it pass nor will i now fresh cause of enmity avow to chafe thy mood and cloud thy brow enough i am by promise tied to match me with this man of pride twice have i sought clan alpin's glen in peace but when i come again i come with banner brand and bow as leader seeks his mortal foe for love lore swain in lady's bower ne'er panted for the appointed hour as i until before me stand this rebel chieftain and his band nine have then thy wish he whistled shrill and he was answered from the hill wild as the scream of their curlew from crag to crag the signal flew instant through copse and heath arose bonnets and spears and bended bows 
on right, on left, above, below, sprung up at once the lurking foe. From shingles grey their lances start, the bracken bush sends forth the dart, the rushes and the willow wand are bristling into axe and brand, and every tuft of broom gives life to plaided warrior armed for strife that whistle garrisoned the glen at once with full five hundred men as if the yawning hill to heaven a subterranean host had given watching their leader's beck and will all silent there they stood and still like the loose crags whose threatening mass lay tottering o'er the hollow pass as if an infant's touch could urge their headlong passage down the verge with step and weapon forward flung upon the mountain side they hung the mountaineer cast glance of pride along ben leddy's living side then fixed his eye and sable brow full on fitz james how sayst thou now these are clan alpin's warriors true and saxon i am roderick dhu Ten. Fitzjames was brave, though to his heart the life-blood thrilled with sudden start. He manned himself with dauntless air, returned the chief his haughty stare. His back against a rock he bore, and firmly placed his foot before. Come one, come all, this rock shall fly from its firm base as soon as I. Sir Roderick marked and in his eyes respect was mingled with surprise, and the stern joy which warriors feel in foemen worthy of their steel. Short space he stood, then waved his hand, down sunk the disappearing band. Each warrior vanished where he stood, in broom or bracken, heath or wood, sunk brand and spear and bended bow in osier's pale, and copses low. It seemed as if their mother earth had swallowed up her warlike birth. The wind's last breath had tossed in air pennon and plaid and plumage fair, the next but swept a lone hillside where heath and fern were waving wide. The sun's last glance was glinted back from spear and glaive, from targ and jack, the next all unreflected shone on bracken green and cold grey stone. 11. Fitz James looked round, yet scarce believed the witness that his sight received. Such apparition well might seem delusion of a dreadful dream. Sir Roderick in suspense he eyed, and to his look the chief replied, Fear not, nay, that I need not say, but doubt not aught from mine array. Thou art my guest, I pledged my word as far as Carlantogle ford, nor would I call a clansman's brand for aid against one valiant hand, though on our strife lay every vale rent by the Saxon from the gale. So move we on, I only meant to show the reed on which you lent, deeming this path you might pursue without a pass from Roderick Dhu. 
they moved i said fitzjames was brave as ever knight that belted glaive yet dare not say that now his blood kept on its wont and tempered flood as following roderick's stride he drew that seeming lonesome pathway through which yet by fearful proof was rife with lances that to take his life waited but signal from a guide so late dishonoured and defied ever by stealth his eye sought round the vanished guardians of the ground and stirred from copse and heather deep fancy saw spear and broadsword peep and in the plover's shrilly strain the signal whistle heard again nor breathed he free till far behind the pass was left for then they wind along a wide and level green where neither tree nor tuft was seen nor rush nor bush of broom was near to hide a bonnet or a spear twelve the chief in silence strode before and reached that torrent's sounding shore which daughter of three mighty lakes from venachar in silver breaks sweeps through the plain and ceaseless mines on bowcastle the mouldering lines where rome the empress of the world of yore her eagle wings unfurled and here his course the chieftain stayed threw down his target and his plaid and to the lowland warrior said bold saxon to his promise just vichalpin has discharged his trust this murderous chief this ruthless man this head of a rebellious clan hath led thee safe through watch and ward far past clan alpin's outmost guard now man to man and steel to steel a chieftain's vengeance thou shalt feel see here all vantageless i stand armed like thyself with single brand for this is coilantogle ford and thou must keep thee with thy sword thirteen the saxon paused i ne'er delayed when foemen bade me draw my blade nay more brave chief i vowed thy death yet sure thy fair and generous faith and my deep debt for life preserved a better meed have well deserved can not but blood our feud atone are there no means no stranger none and here to fire thy flagging zeal the saxon cause rests on thy steel for thus spoke fate by prophet bred between the living and the dead who spills the foremost foeman's life his party conquers in the strife then by my word the saxon said the riddle is already read seek yonder brake beneath the cliff there lies red murdoch stark and stiff thus fate hath solved her prophecy then yield to fate and not to me to james at stirling let us go when if thou wilt be still his foe or if the king shall not agree to grant thee grace and favour free i plight mine honour oath and word that to thy native strengths restored with each advantage shalt thou stand that aids thee now to guard thy land 
fourteen. Dark lightning flashed from Roderick's eye. Soars thy presumption then so high, Because a wretched kern ye slew, Homage to name to Roderick do? He yields not he to man nor fate, Thou add'st but fuel to my hate. My clansman's blood demands revenge. Not yet prepared? By heaven I change my thought And hold thy valour light As that of some vain carpet knight Who ill-deserved my courteous care And whose best boast is but to wear A braid of his fair lady's hair. I thank thee, Roderick, for the word. It nerves my heart it steals my sword for i have sworn this braid to stain in the best blood that warms thy vein now truce farewell and rush be gone yet think not that by thee alone proud chief can courtesy be shown though not from copse or heath or cairn start at my whistle clansman stern of this small horn one feeble blast would fearful odds against thee cast but fear not doubt not which thou wilt we try this quarrel hilt to hilt then each at once his falchion drew each on the ground his scabbard threw each looked to sun and stream and plain as what they ne'er might see again then foot and point and eye opposed in dubious strife they darkly closed. 15. Ill fared it then with Roderick Dhu, That on the field his targ he threw, Whose brazen studs and tough bull-hide Had death so often dashed aside. For, trained abroad his arms to wield, Fitz James's blade was sword and shield. He practised every pass and ward To thrust to strike, to faint, to guard, while less expert, though stronger far, the gale maintained unequal war. Three times in closing strife they stood, and thrice the Saxon blade drank blood. No stinted draught, no scanty tide, the gushing flood the tartans dyed. Fierce Roderick felt the fatal drain, and showered his blows like wintry rain, and as firm rock or castle roof against the winter shower is proof, the foe, invulnerable still, foiled his wild rage by steady skill. Till at advantage ta'en his brand forced Roderick's weapon from his hand, and backward borne upon the lee brought the proud chieftain to his knee. 16. Now yield thee, or by him who made the world thy heart's blood dies my blade. Thy threats, thy mercy, I defy. Let recreant yield who fears to die. Like adder darting from his coil, like wolf that dashes through the toil, like mountain cat who guards her young, full at Fitz James's throat he sprung, received, but recked not of a wound, and locked his arms his foemen round. Now, gallant Saxon, hold thine own, no maiden's hand is round thee thrown, that desperate grasp thy frame might feel through bars of brass and triple steel. 
they tug they strain down down they go the gale above fitz james below the chieftain's gripe his throat compressed his knee was planted on his breast his clotted locks he backward threw across his brow his hand he drew from blood and mist to clear his sight then gleamed aloft his dagger bright but hate and fury ill supplied the stream of life's exhausted tide and all too late the advantage came to turn the odds of deadly game for while the dagger gleamed on high reeled soul and sense reeled brain and eye down came the blow but in the heath the erring blade found bloodless sheath the struggling foe may now unclasp the fainting chief's relaxing grasp unwounded from the dreadful close but breathless all fitz james arose seventeen he faltered thanks to heaven for life redeemed unhoped from desperate strife next on his foe his look he cast whose every gasp appeared his last in roderick's gore he dipped the braid poor blanche thy wrongs are dearly paid yet with thy foe must die or live the praise that faith and valour give with that he blew a bugle note undid the collar from his throat unbonneted and by the wave sat down his brow and hands to lave then faint afar are heard the feet of rushing steeds in gallop fleet the sounds increase and now are seen four mounted squires in lincoln green two who bear lance and two who lead by loosened rein a saddled steed each onward held his headlong course and by fitz james reined up his horse with wonder viewed the bloody spot exclaim not gallants question not you herbert and luffness alight and bind the wounds of yonder knight let the grey palfrey bear his weight we destined for a fairer freight and bring him on to stirling strait i will before at better speed to seek fresh horse and fitting weed the sun rides high i must be bound to see the archer game at noon but lightly bayard clears the lee devaux and harry's follow me eighteen stand bayard stand the steed obeyed with arching neck and bended head and glancing eye and quivering ear as if he loved his lord to hear no foot fitz james in stirrup stayed no grasp upon the saddle laid but wreathed his left hand in the mane and lightly bounded from the plain turned on the horse his armed heel and stirred his courage with the steel bounded the fiery steed in air the rider sat erect and fair then like a bolt from steel crossbow forth launched along the plain they go they dashed that rapid torrent through and up carhony's hill they flew still at the gallop pricked the knight his merry men followed as they might along thy banks swift teeth they ride 
and in the race they mock thy tide tory and lendrick now are past and deanstown lies behind them cast they rise the bannered towers of dune they sink in distant woodland soon blair drummond sees the hoofs strike fire they sweep like breeze through ochertire they mark just glance and disappear the lofty brow of ancient kier they bathe their coursers sweltering sides dark forth amid thy sluggish tides and on the opposing shore take ground with plash with scramble and with bound right hand they leave thy cliffs crag forth and soon the bulwark of the north gray stirling with her towers and town upon their fleet career looked down nineteen as up the flinty path they strained sudden his steed the leader reined a signal to his squire he flung who instant to his stirrup sprung seest thou de vaux yon woodsman grey who townsward holds the rocky way of stature tall and poor array mark'st thou the firm yet active stride with which he scales the mountain side know'st thou from whence he comes or whom no by my word a burly groom he seems who in the field or chase a baron's train would nobly grace out out de vaux can fear supply and jealousy no sharper eye afar ere to the hill he drew that stately form and step i knew like form in scotland is not seen treads not such step on scottish green tis james of douglas by saint searle the uncle of the banished earl away away to court to show the near approach of dreaded foe the king must stand upon his guard douglas and he must meet prepared then right-hand wheeled their steeds and straight they won the castle's postern gate twenty the douglas who had bent his way from cambus kenneth's abbey gray now as he climbed the rocky shelf held sad communion with himself yes all is true my fears could frame a prisoner lies the noble graham and fiery roderick soon will feel the vengeance of the royal steel i only i can ward their fate god grant the ransom come not late the abbess hath her promise given my child shall be the bride of heaven be pardoned one repining tear for he who gave her knows how dear how excellent but that is by and now my business is to die ye towers within whose circuit dread a douglas by his sovereign bled and thou o sad and fatal mound that oft hast heard the death-axe sound as on the noblest of the land fell the stern headsman's bloody hand the dungeon block and nameless tomb prepare for douglas seeks his doom but hark what blithe and jolly peal makes the franciscan steeple reel and see upon the crowded street in motley groups what maskers meet banner and pageant pipe and drum and merry morris dancers come i guess 
by all this quaint array the burghers hold their sports to-day james will be there he loves such show where the good yeoman bends his bow and the tough wrestler foils his foe as well as where in proud career the high-born filter shivers spear i'll follow to the castle park and play my prize king james shall mark if age has tamed these sinews stark whose force so oft in happier days his boyish wonder loved to praise twenty one the castle gates were open flung the quivering drawbridge rocked and rung and echoed loud the flinty street beneath the coursers clattering feet as slowly down the steep descent fair scotland's king and nobles went while all along the crowded way was jubilee and loud huzzay and ever james was bending low to his white jennet's saddle-bow doffing his cap to city dame who smiled and blushed for pride and shame and well the simperer might be vain he chose the fairest of the train gravely he greets each city sire commends each pageant's quaint attire gives to the dancers thanks aloud and smiles and nods upon the crowd who rend the heavens with their acclaims long live the commons king king james behind the king thronged peer and knight and noble dame and damsel bright whose fiery steeds ill brooked the stay of the steep street and crowded way but in the train you might discern dark lowering brow and visage stern there nobles mourned their pride restrained and the mean burghers joys disdained and chiefs who hostage for their clan were each from home a banished man there thought upon their own grey tower their waving woods their feudal power and deemed themselves a shameful part of pageant which they cursed in heart twenty two now in the castle park drew out their chequered bands the joyous rout their morrisers with bell at heel and blade in hand their mazes wheel but chief beside the butts there stand bold robin hood and all his band friar tuck with quarter-staff and cowl old scathlock with his surly scowl made marion fair as ivory bone scarlet and much and little john their bugles challenge all that will in archery to prove their skill the douglas bent a bow of might his first shaft centred in the white and when in turn he shot again his second split the first in twain from the king's hand must douglas take a silver dart the archer's stake fondly he watched with watery eye some answering glance of sympathy no kind emotion made reply indifferent as to archer white the monarch gave the arrow bright twenty three 
now clear the ring for hand to hand the manly wrestlers take their stand two or the rest superior rose and proud demanded mightier foes nor called in vain for douglas came for life is hugh of larbert lame scarce better john of aloa's fair whom senseless home his comrades bear prize of the wrestling match the king to douglas gave a golden ring while coldly glanced his eye of blue as frozen drop of wintry dew douglas would speak but in his breast his struggling soul his words suppressed indignant then he turned him where their arms the brawny yeomen bear to hurl the massive bar in air when each his utmost strength had shown the douglas rent an earth-fast stone from its deep bed then heaved it high and sent the fragment through the sky a rood beyond the farthest mark and still in stirling's royal park the grey-haired sires who know the past to strangers point the douglas cast and moralize on the decay of scottish strength in modern day twenty four the veil with loud applauses rang the ladies rock sent back the clang the king with look unmoved bestowed a purse well filled with pieces broad indignant smiled the douglas proud and threw the gold among the crowd who now with anxious wonder scan and sharper glance the dark gray man till whispers rose among the throng that heart so free and hand so strong must to the douglas blood belong the old men marked and shook the head to see his hair with silver spread and winked aside and told each son of feats upon the english dun ere douglas of the stalwart hand was exiled from his native land the women praised his stately form though wrecked by many a winter's storm the youth with awe and wonder saw his strength surpassing nature's law thus judged as is their wont the crowd till murmurs rose to clamours loud but not a glance from that proud ring of peers who circled round the king with douglas held communion kind or called the banished man to mind no not from those who at the chase once held his side the honoured place begirt his board and in the field found safety underneath his shield for he whom royal eyes disown when was his form to courtiers known twenty five the monarch saw the gambols flag and bade let loose a gallant stag whose pride the holiday to crown two favourite greyhounds should pull down that venison free and bordeaux wine might serve the archery to dine but lufra whom from douglas side nor bribe nor threat could e'er divide the fleetest hound in all the north brave lufra saw and darted forth she left the royal hounds midway and dashing on the antlered prey sunk her sharp muzzle in his flank and deep the flowing life-blood drank 
the king's stout huntsman saw the sport by strange intruder broken short came up and with his leash unbound in anger struck the noble hound the douglas had endured that morn the king's cold look the noble's scorn and last and worst to spirit proud had borne the pity of the crowd but lufra had been fondly bred to share his board to watch his bed and oft would ellen lufra's neck in maiden glee with garlands deck they were such playmates that with name of lufra ellen's image came his stifled wrath is brimming high in darkened brow and flashing eye as waves before the bark divide the crowd gave way before his stride needs but a buffet and no more the groom lies senseless in his gore such blow no other hand could deal though gauntleted in glove of steel twenty six then clamoured loud the royal train and brandished swords and staves amain but stern the baron's warning back back on your lives ye menial pack beware the douglas yes behold king james the douglas doomed of old and vainly sought for near and far a victim to atone the war a willing victim now attends nor craves thy grace but for his friends thus is my clemency repaid presumptuous lord the monarch said of thy misproud ambitious clan thou james of bothwell wert the man the only man in whom a foe my woman mercy would not know but shall a monarch's presence brook injurious blow and haughty look what ho the captain of our guard give the offender fitting ward break off the sports for tumult rose and yeomen gan to bend their bows break off the sports he said and frowned and bid our horsemen clear the ground twenty seven then uproar wild and misarray marred the fair form of festal day the horsemen pricked among the crowd repelled by threats and insult loud to earth are borne the old and weak the timorous fly the women shriek with flint with shaft with staff with bar the hardier urge tumultuous war at once round douglas darkly sweep the royal spears in circle deep and slowly scale the pathway steep while on the rear in thunder pour the rabble with disordered roar with grief the noble douglas saw the commons rise against the law and to the leading soldier said sir john of hindford twas my blade that knighthood on thy shoulder laid for that good deed permit me then a word with these misguided men twenty eight here gentle friends ere yet for me ye break the bands of fealty my life my honour and my cause i tender free to scotland's laws are these so weak as must require fine aid of your misguided ire or if i suffer causeless wrong 
is then my selfish rage so strong my sense of public weal so low that for mean vengeance on a foe those cords of love i should unbind which knit my country and my kind oh no believe in yonder tower it will not soothe my captive hour to know those spears our foes should dread for me in kindred gore are red to know in fruitless brawl begun for me that mother wails her son for me that widow's mate expires for me that orphans weep their sires that patriots mourn insulted laws and curse the douglas for the cause oh let your patience ward such ill and keep your right to love me still twenty nine the crowd's wild fury sunk again in tears as tempests melt in rain with lifted eyes and hands they prayed for blessings on his generous head who for his country felt alone and prized her blood beyond his own old men upon the verge of life blessed him who stayed the civil strife and mothers held their babes on high the self-devoted chief to spy triumphant over wrongs and ire to whom the prattlers owed a sire even the rough soldier's heart was moved as if behind some beer beloved with trailing arms and drooping head the douglas up the hill he led and at the castle's battled verge with sighs resigned his honoured charge thirty the offended monarch rode apart with bitter thought and swelling heart and would not now vouchsafe again through sterling streets to lead his train o oh, lennox who would wish to rule this changeling crowd this common fool hearst thou he said the loud acclaim with which they shout the douglas name with like acclaim the vulgar throat strained for king james their morning note with like acclaim they hailed the day when first i broke the douglas sway and like acclaim would douglas greet if he could hurl me from my seat who o'er the herd would wish to reign fantastic fickle fierce and vain vain as the leaf upon the stream and fickle as a changeful dream fantastic as a woman's mood and fierce as frenzy's fevered blood thou many-headed monster thing oh who would wish to be thy king thirty one but soft what messenger of speed spurs hitherward his panting steed i guess his cognizance afar what from our cousin john of mar he prays my liege your sports keep bound within the safe and guarded ground for some foul purpose yet unknown most sure for evil to the throne the outlawed chieftain roderick dhu has summoned his rebellious crew tis said in james of bothwell's aid the loose banditti stand arrayed the earl of mar this morn from dune to break their muster marched 
and soon your grace will hear of battle fought but earnestly the earl besought till for such danger he provide with scanty train you will not ride thirty two thou warnst me i have done amiss i should have earlier looked to this i lost it in this bustling day retrace with speed thy former way spare not for spoiling of thy steed the best of mine shall be thy meed say to our faithful lord of mar we do forbid the intended war roderick this morn in single fight was made our prisoner by a knight and douglas hath himself and cause submitted to our kingdom's laws the tidings of their leaders lost will soon dissolve the mountain host nor would we that the vulgar feel for their chief's crimes avenging steel bear mar our message braco fly he turned his steed my liege i high yet ere i cross this lily lawn i fear the broadswords will be drawn the turf the flying courser spurned and to his towers the king returned thirty three ill with king james's mood that day suited gay feast and minstrel lay soon were dismissed the courtly throng and soon cut short the festal song nor less upon the saddened town the evening sunk in sorrow down the burghers spoke of civil jar of rumoured feuds and mountain war of moray mar and roderick dhu all up in arms the douglas too they mourned him pent within the hold where stout earl william was of old and there his word the speaker stayed and finger on his lip he laid or pointed to his dagger blade but jaded horsemen from the west at evening to the castle pressed and busy talkers said they bore tidings of fight on catrin's shore at noon the deadly fray begun and lasted till the set of sun thus giddy rumour shook the town till closed the night her pennons brown End of section five.